This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Almost over the hump here on Wednesday's edition of the Lori and Julia Show on MyTalk 107.1. Streaming at MyTalk1071.com, also on the MyTalk app. If you listen that way, you should be registered for MyTalk 1071's Listener Rewards, because this month you can listen for a chance to win a Summer Lakes beverage prize pack, including a Yeti cooler stocked with their bootleg and Luna Paloma mixes. See all the prizes and Listener Rewards on our app or at MyTalk1071.com. We promise it's easier to download and to navigate then goodness knows what HBO is trying to get you to download. Guarantee. Easy. Word. Right there. I mean, well, first of all, Holly, thank you so much for uh, posting the uh, photos of Brad Pitt, who's on a motorcycle ride with his old buddy Flea. You know, yes. From the Red Hot Chili Peppers. He's rocking Legends of the Fall long hair. Oh, it's a good He thing. looks good. It's a good look. And he is doing what Sons of Anarchy Jacks, you know, Charlie Hunnam, wearing the pure white sneaks, which... Uh, is, Aren't you going to yell at him if I he's on a motorcycle? Because this is your time. This is my pet. I know her. My pet peeve. This is when it starts. If you're going to be on a motorcycle, you better wear boots, leather-soled shoes. A tread. A tread, Julia. Okay. In case you got to put your foot down. As a brake. Yes. Anyway, but he's looking, you know, this is how the bikers roll in, Cal- in Cali, I yeah, guess. Yeah, they do. We've seen this. I, he's how, looking hot. How long did I bitch about this on Jax on Sons of Anarchy? Like forever. forever. I know. I mean, but you've been a broken record on this. Yeah, I know. It, it's just, we we kind of, it's mm, kind of funny. Mm-hmm, I know. I know your buttons, but he looks hot. Yeah, he certainly does. And I, I you know. Um, Whose birthday is it today? It's his daughter, Shiloh Jolie Pitt, who has about one of the prettier names. She really does. Shiloh Jolie, Jolie Pitt. It is a pretty name. Isn't that a pretty yes. name? Yeah. I think How so. old is Shiloh if we Shiloh want to date ourselves? Oh, you know what we need to do? We need to go back to tabloids from 14 years ago and look at those baby pictures that they used to generate and like, what are they going to look like 15 years from now? Oh, yeah. Th- those two are such a perfect blend of both of them. You know? Yep. She really... She, oh, gosh. You can see both her mom you really, and dad you in really her You really can. But I can't believe she's 14. No, that... Wow. Oh, yeah. That makes us be 15. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 17, because we had a show. Anyway, but yeah, That's, he's looking like a, a, a biker snap. That was snap. such a scandal. What? When she was pregnant <clears throat> and they were in, you know, wherever. I'm not going to even try to pronounce it because I can't. Namibia. They're getting yeah. along so much better. Well, that as they should. And they're all celebrating with cake. They all are together? Well, if you can believe the Daily Mail, that's what they're saying. Maybe it was Shiloh's wish. I want you guys to have cake together. Well... This is very much a wish of when your parents oh get divorced. Oh my gosh, I don't want seven birthdays. Can my mom and dad just get along so I can have one? One? Oh, come on. This is what you'd pray for for the first 
10 years if you're young, my mom and dad getting back together. And then when you know it's impossible and they shouldn't. Yeah. It's like, wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have to have 17 holidays? Right, exactly. You guys could just like each other. Okay, so um, is anyone going to subscribe to HBO Max for $15 a month, double what Netflix is? Holly? Well, I already have HBO now. Okay, so why do you get, what do you, you guys, what do, do we get do you, it automatically? No, she's talking about the app. Oh, you yeah. and I, Lori and I just have HBO. And I have HBO now because I don't have cable. Okay. So I pay the 15 bucks a month for the app already. So I'm curious when I log in tonight, what the heck is going to happen? Is it going to roll over? I'm not quite clear on that. If well, I'm going to have access to all the stuff now. I, I well, don't think is, you do because as a cable subscriber, and no, we're we paying don't, more Lori. than that. We're not getting it, but, but we're paying more than that. You know what I'm saying? Like a couple hundred. But well, we get not some other 200 things too. for HBO, but I mean, I'm just curious. Okay, let me just you ask you this. Holly, I'm curious because I know a lot of people have cut the cord. What apps do you have that allow you to watch, that you use to watch TV? Netflix. Okay. Hulu. I also have a subscription to the Criterion channel, so that's a bunch of movies. And then <clears throat> HBO. And the nice thing is I stream everything from my phone. So when I want to watch oh. something, I just go to my phone, click on the app, do that, and then it's connected to my Google Chromecast on the TV. So I don't even get on a computer most of the time. Yeah. So you can just watch it all. You just watch it all from your phone. From, from the no, TV. No, from the, on the TV, but yeah. you, right. you do it on your phone. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I know so many people who have been cutting the cord. Mm-hmm. I just can't. We, it looks well, too much we work. Well, we won't. I mean, I know that, like, Casey I don't, won't for sports right. reasons. There's a lot of reasons. There's too, and then the internet is connected. It's a bundle. It's too much work. But the HBO Now and the HBO, here's what they say you're going to get. This is the only show that kind of sounds interesting to me is that, um, you know, starting today, $15, $14.99 a month, the highest streaming service out there. Besides that is Amazon Prime, which is eight ninety nine a month, and Netflix. Mm-hmm. And if you have a family thing, I think it's eleven ninety nine. Um, so it's fifteen bucks a month, and they're saying you're going to get a hundred thousand hours worth of content, That's movies, ten thousand. Oh, I like my number. Let's carry the zero. <laughs> yeah, ten thousand. But everyone said, it, including us, when they came out with this pricing, it's unreasonable. It seems too high. It's too much because, like. It's too much. It's too much and to watch Friends. T- and it's it is because Friends is on TBS. Yep, Lori. If God, you have cable, you. it is on, and it's on Channel Forty Five. Yeah. No, it it there isn't enough there. Yes, you can watch classic HBO series like The Sopranos, The Wire, and Sex and the City. But come on, those shows were on so long ago. You even watched them already. Yeah, it's interesting that it is expensive and you're thinking about it where you're like, oh, geez, you do spend $15 a month. But then I'm like, you know what? That's less than two tickets to go to the movies. Well, exactly. I know it seems like a misprice in this time who the competitors are. And then you add the pandemic. Oh, sure. On top of it. Because people are conserving their money and wanting to to just make sure that they're only getting what they need. Yeah, they don't really have. And they're not going to be able to. Like, they've already announced that the Gossip Girl, which is the reboot, which was going to be on HBO Max, has been pushed back because they can't start filming it. Now, the Travelers. The Flight Attendant is the one show that I would um, pay for. Pay for just to watch that. Okay, they have a seven-day free trial right now if you go to HBO Max right now. So there is seven days. So if you wanted to binge, this is the show that kind of sounds good to me. Is this Anna Kendrick show? It's called Love Life. 
And it's a, a surprisingly deep romance dramedy starring Andrew Kendrick. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of being positioned as a 2020 Sex in the City, but a, a little deeper. It's a Max original. People are What's really it called? Love Life. Love Life. People are really liking that. Um, you know, yeah, it's not enough there. Mm-mm. Not enough there. There's On the Record, which is a documentary film about music executives and others who accuse hip hop mogul Russell Simmons of sexual assault. That's mm-hmm. another one. Um, Elmo from Sesame Street is going to have his own talk show. Oh, um, that just sounds Let's awful. see. Love Life is an <laughs> anthology seri- series with Anna Kendrick. You just told us that. I know it. I'm trying to see if there's anything else on here. That's all I can no, see. No, there's nothing. There's right, not there enough there. It's, someone want someone. Well, you're, Holly, you'll tell us because you're going to see what happens industry tonight. Industry people have been saying when they announce this, what are they doing at that price point? But what's funny, Lori, is <laughs> we talk about this a lot, is that you even just said... People are starting to watch Nip Tuck again because it's on Hulu. I mean, all these series. Right, but if you're paying for Hulu and you're paying your five ninety nine yep. a month or you're getting it because you're a Sprint customer, you're like, well, I'm just going to watch everything on this or I'm going to watch everything on Netflix. People aren't looking to add. Right. You know, it's interesting when they had that price point because it's always been really expensive. Yes. I think that Game of Thrones honestly drove a lot of that price because okay. people... We're willing to pay Pay premium Mm -hmm. to experience Game of Thrones in real time. But now we don't have that show anymore. And there's nothing in particular on HBO that is driving destination watching. There's a lot of good stuff. There is a lot of good stuff. But it's a lot of niche stuff right now. Yes. So it'll be interesting to see if they want to play around with that price. Yeah, because I don't know that people are, you know, yeah, you can watch Bill Maher and you get insecure. And I know I haven't been able to watch it yet. I know this much is true with Mark Ruffalo based on the Wally Lamb novels. I mean, it's a completely depressing show. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going there right now. Yeah, I know that's kind of... Life is enough depressing. We just surpassed 100,000 deaths from COVID. Yeah. This this afternoon. Oh, my gosh. That's just... So, yeah. So, I don't know, like, what Holly was saying, you know, that there's this appetite for going there without... I mean, Showtime, I mean, that Killing Eve, I think, is why, you know, a lot of people like subscribing to... I mean, there has to be a show or two that's just hot, hot, hot. Right, but that's on AMC. Lord. Or that's AMC, not, yeah, I mean, not Showtime. I'm trying to think what's on Showtime. Oh, we watched Billions, Billions and Homeland. Yeah, and- Homeland was great. But it's it's weird how much money you're willing to spend. But when you think about it, because even people have talked about, because they don't go out to eat and drink as much as they yes. used to, and shows, their credit card bills are so much lower Yes, than they ever have before. So what's fifteen bucks? Right, I know. Well, we'll it's, see. You know, I mean, uh, Amazon got people are absolutely loving the great with Nicholas. I know Holt we need to watch and, that. Um, L or Dakota Fanning just loving it. That just it's so fun. Right, I still want to watch your apocalyptic airplane one. Into, oh, into the night. Yeah, that's, that's good. the one I want to watch. Yeah, that's good. Next. It's only six episodes. Yeah, I kind of want to watch that next. Yeah, Donnie sent me a note today. What he say? gives us little TV I reviews. know, thank God. He said, uh, watch the first four episodes of season two of Homecoming. Guess what? It still doesn't make much sense. I hated the season one. I'm not going to watch it then. Uh, All right, good. Okay, and then he said, checked out the new historical drama, Bark Skin, on Nat Geo. Yes, they like that. Interesting story. Not sure if you two would like it. Hope things are going okay. Well, you know who's in that is our gal um, about last night, Elizabeth... um, 
Her nose goes up at the Perkins? end. Yes, mm-hmm. she's in that. And the, the one that was supposed to be great was this um, Grant, U- Ulysses Grant thing um, that was on History Channel. It pulled in the highest ratings for the History Channel. Three million viewers. Wow. And it's a hit network for... Um, What's it on? It's on the History Channel. Oh. It's a series about the life of Ulysses S. Grant. It's been a hit. It's the best total viewer launch for a miniseries in six years for the channel. Well, we just don't know very much about Ulysses S. It's Grant. only can... airing through this oh, through today, but I bet you can find it. But it's Grant. All right. That's what it's called. Yeah. P-R-E-N-T. Right. A good right. historical thing. All right. Well, there's our TV report. and uh, You've learned a little and nothing at the same <laughs> that, time. That's right. Re- turn in tomorrow for the report. We'll be right back. <laughs> this is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Well, everyone in the royal family apparently is getting into a little voiceover work these days. Okay. That would include the Duchess of Cornwall. She is part of a group of celebrities doing voiceover work, reading the book James and the Giant Peach. Whoa. Did you ever read that book? Yes. yes. By Road Dahl. Yes. And so she's joining celebrities like Lupita, Lupita Nyong'o and Josh Gad in reading this story. Now she says the following lines. Holy cats, send a message to the queen at once. The country must be warned. And then she goes on and she reads a little bit of that. It's cute. Oh. I think, well, anything with an English accent is so good. Oh my gosh, right? So this is all part of an initiative, a charitable initiative by the Road Doll Story Company to help support charities nice. uh, during COVID-19. So yes, definitely for a good cause. Something that you can see on our show links page today at mytalk1071.com is Billie Eilish's short film called Not My Responsibility. So this video originally debuted during her Where Do We Go World Tour, which was postponed in March. And this clip is about body image, body shaming. She says the following in this. She said, we make assumptions about people based on their size. We decide who they are. We decide their worth. If I wear more, if I wear less, who decides what that makes me. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Is my value based only on your perception or is your opinion of me not my responsibility? It, it is interesting that whole take that she's taken on you don't need to see what my body looks right, like right. and that she's worn the baggy clothes. Right. And, you know, really the only nod she gives to any femininity, she likes long nails. nails and do, here. Because there Cut. is yep. such a thing. We will we peg people. You know, we go, oh, that and you know, but I don't know if... Um, how old she, is she, you guys? She's like 18, 19 right now. At she's, the oldest. Yeah, okay, she's like 19. I'm, you know, reading the Jessica Simpson. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts.
Sin book, mm-hmm. open book, and she's talking about when she was first starting to work with a music company, and it was the time Britney was coming out, Christina Aguilera was coming out, right. and how all, they wanted them just to wear crop tops, they wanted them to wear tighter clothes, they wanted lose them all to lose weight. It was have... all about how they looked and could dance, yeah, not so much on the singing. Yeah, no, yeah, so, so I mean, good for her. I know it's kind of because it does powerful. a number, and she's a big-breasted young woman. And you and I were talking about this before. I never the show. knew that before, but we kind of thought maybe she was. It is a curse to be. It's to a develop curse early, or to be too Holly, pretty. We can be grateful about that, or to be too pretty, too young. Mm-hmm. I have a friend that was just gorgeous, and it just was too much. She forgot to develop a personality. Or? Well, just no. It's just too much attention. And it messes up with yes. your body image. Yes, because yeah. you just can't handle it. Yeah, you know, too much of good or bad mm-hmm. at a young age for women is particularly hard. I don't know for young men. I'm right. sure it's the same, but yeah, because people like Billie Eilish says in this video make assumptions about mm-hmm. people based on their physical appearance, and mm-hmm. they sexualize you they when say- you are in are in fifth grade. Right. Yeah. 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 Too much. Yeah. By the way, Billie Eilish yesterday commemorated Peggy Lee's 100th birthday during a panel Aww. for the Grammys with Katie Lang. She was with Eric Burton, and uh, this is all part of a virtual exhibit and events surrounding Peggy Lee's 100th birthday. So that's something cool that yes. you can go to the Grammy Museum digitally and go celebrate Peggy Lee. That's okay. That is something cool. I still haven't visited all the art museums we were supposed. To. There were so many things we were supposed to do when this all started. Right. I know. I mean, just added. I haven't to the done list. any of them. Although. I did go to the Met, uh, the Mets Costume Institute. Oh, you did. That would be a good one to go to. And they, didn't we go to that, Lori? Virtually, <laughs> not no, virtually, but, no, but you know, we we've went. gone. We've, we've gone, gone to it, but it changes. That yeah, I know. Changes. What was it that well, you saw? Well, they had a bunch of stuff from previous things. So, watched a video on last year's exhibit, which was all about camp. And then also Alexander McQueen exhibit. So they're really well done. So you can just go to the Metropolitan Museum of Arts website. And it's just, you know, fun little rabbit holes to go down. Little interesting nuggets and tidbits. Lori Laughlin, she's going to be sentenced for the college admission scandal on August 21st. That is the official date. Finally, just get it over with and get quit printing her name. (laughs) Well, she keeps running to people. Yeah, I think that she is the cover star of the latest issue or the upcoming issue because we're getting all of these exclusive details about how her daughters feel, Isabella and Olivia Jade, about her parents going to jail. They're saying that it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird. Who wouldn't say (laughs) if their parents were going to jail wouldn't be weird? And also, they don't want their mom and dad to go at the same time. Well, they're both, the kids are over 18, for God's sake. They don't even live with them, I don't know. No, I know. Exactly. Listen to us. We're so sick of that story. (laughs) That story really doesn't play well during the COVID. No. No. No, no. So we're getting all of these exclusive little tidbits. And and one of those tidbits from People Magazine is that Lori Laughlin is really disappointed that she's not going to be sentenced until August 21st because now she wants to get this over with. She is the one. TikTok, where's my timeline? I want to go to jail and I want this to be over with. Okay. You know, she had a lot of time that she wasted. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But we wish her well. (laughs) Yeah. We wish you the best. Oh, boy. Let's go over to Us Weekly. The new issue of Us Weekly is talking about Matt Lauer. <gasps> and how he feels the he, most betrayed. Oh, gosh, he got someone to write a story on him. Wow. Is it an empathetic story towards him? Well, here's the story. I'll let you, uh, Hollywood, speak this, that Matt Lauer feels the most betrayed by his former colleague and friend, Savannah Guthrie, after the claims of rape and sexual assault were made public against him. 
Yep. She was his co-anchor, so sure. But he, he is, is blaming so it on everyone else. Crap. Yeah. Why doesn't he blame himself he and his wandering wiener and, and his button put- and his pressuring co-workers was, under it was because she said that we are shocked this she morning was, they were like in tears she, she was the look hoda. on her and hoda's face because mm-hmm. we watched it that day yep. we, we were watch live and it's like oh my word they were because someone who is a harasser they don't equally harass everybody they tend right. to harass people that are junior he didn't looking. He didn't harass her she because was not she was his equal. He, exactly. No, she was his equal, yeah. and he would have been Katie in big Kirk, trouble. Same thing. Meredith, same Meredith thing. Vieira. They same never experienced thing. any of these things. Matt Lauer. Oh, they exactly. were out of his age group. Yeah. Yeah. And the source. Yeah. Tells us weekly that it was Savannah Guthrie's reaction to the accusations of Brooke Neville's the former NBC staffer whose complaint ultimately led to the firing that was really upsetting to Matt Lauer. You know what's really upsetting to, I think, everyone around him? <laughs> Why he doesn't get a clue and look inward? I really don't understand. I don't either. When people have done really wrong, why you think it's everyone else's fault but your own? That's his place of privilege speaking. He got away with it for so long there. He, but how much he lower was the can he gold, be? Go. Golden goose. You had the NBC news chief and the the guy that was over the Andy Lack and the other. They looked the other way. They signed. They they had at least eight or nine women that signed NDAs and they paid off because of his piggy way. You know, and I recently rewatched that clip with Matt Lauer when he interviewed Anne Hathaway. Oh, Isn't that, that creepy? Oh. When she was when she had the wardrobe oh, malfunction. Right, when That's she horrible. was promoting Lamez and Anne Hathaway just handled that so well, dished it right back into his face. He was just oh. It, yeah. The only person he ever stood up to was Tom Cruise, I remember. <laughs> That's about yeah. it. Yeah, over yeah. Brooke. Uh, another Brooke guy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're right. No, he that. stood up to Tom Cruise Tom and Cruise. said, you're wrong. Right. That's true. Oh, wow. That's a flashback. <laughs> that is a flashback. <laughs> that was free. <laughs> back. Oh, oh, that's a vintage scandal. So much stuff. <laughs> All right. Before we get... Vintage scandal. It was quite the scandal. I am shocked at your behavior. Just shocked at your behavior. Well, this, I, I thought I would do kind of light, lighter scandal uh, today. Just, you know, just. <laughs> we've got enough scandals going on. We've got so many scandalous, terrible things that are happening. And I just, this, this story got my attention. John Lennon, the time he called out Elvis Presley on television. Oh, oh. I don't know about that. Do you know this story, Holly? I don't know. Okay. So John Lennon, you know, the Beatles, they were fans of Elvis Presley. Oh, gosh, yes. Loved Elvis. He he was one of his more famous fans. And um, uh, he was on a television show, though, called, um, uh, what is it called? Ed Sullivan? It's this is from the story. I got this from Counting Down Elvis, his 100 finest songs. <laughs> so, um, we have to buy just a side yeah, note. I know this is what we do. I know we listen to every Elvis song. Then, who else do we hear today? Blondie. We listen to some Blondie. We listen to some Cure. Yes. We listen to some 60s songs. Mm-hmm. This is how we pretend we have colleagues here. This is our work environment. That's right. And so, but uh, John Lennon. He was a guy who didn't pull punches. If he didn't like something, he'd tell you. And this mm-hmm. was true in his relationship with Paul McCartney, and it was true with his uh, one of his idols, Elvis Presley. And the song is 
Um, so here, let me get you the the story. Is he was on the show called Jukebox Jury? Okay, which played in in that England. Sounds like a song. Jukebox I, Jury in 1963. Oh and my gosh! He appeared on it, and this is, of course, you know. They have to weigh in on different songs. The premise was simple. Four show business personalities would listen to current singles and rank them either a hit or a miss. And the show was very popular. And John's attention on it drew new attention to the Beatles, who hadn't been particularly successful in the previous few months. And John's appearance on the show became notorious. And it was because they played... This song, and Holly, if you can cue up the song. Okay. Devil in disguise. Oh, you well. Okay, so here's <laughs> you what. You can see. <laughs> I know. Lori's got the lip. <laughs> so John dubbed the, the song a miss. And, oh, he did? Oh, yeah. And then he said that Elvis sounded like Bing Crosby. <gasps> Which was quite an insult at the time. Of course it was. Because Crosby is, now he's known as a singer of beloved Christmas standards. Yeah, yeah, However, yeah. in 1963, he was a crooner. He looked old and yeah. out of touch because rock and roll was coming in. And John's comments were quite biting and made headlines. And he wasn't uniquely dismissive of Elvis's song. Every single song discussed on the program that night. He said was a miss, including Tom Glazer's enduring novelty hit on top of spaghetti, which is like on top, on of, top sp- of smoke. Smoky. Yeah, that one. And mm-hmm. according to John Lennon, he received two hundred and fifty pounds to appear on the show, and he paid a hundred pounds to take an helicopter. Do you want to hear John Lennon give the review? Yes. Oh my gosh! Yes. So yes. this is from Jukebox Jury on June twenty second, and it became a number one hit. This song for Elvis, okay? Because it's a good one. Yeah. Here's John Lennon's opinion about Elvis. John Lennon. Well, you know, I used to go mad on Elvis, like all the groups, but you know, not now. I don't like it, and I hate songs with walk and talk in it. You know, the, the, those lyrics: she walks, she talks. You know. Don't like that. And I don't like the double beat and chuck and that bit. It's awful. <laughs> but poor old Elvis. <laughs> poor old Elvis. Poor, poor old Elvis. Elvis. Yeah. And and uh, so, yeah, thank you, Holly, for finding that. That was kind of fun. Totally. So he, he uh, you know, they... The I don't g- like songs with talk and, and walk. walk. And they, like the three guys who wrote that song, Bill Giant, Florence King, and Bernie Baum, um, Baum had told one of the guys that his teenage daughter was such an angel. And then his friend said, yeah, she's a devil sometimes, a devil in disguise. And then that's, they wrote. That's the, how they get the lyrics. Yeah. And so that, that's where the genesis of the song came from. But it's famous, too, because of the John, poor old Elvis. Oh, poor old Elvis. Yeah, what was so, he at that time? Well, 1963, he would have been in his 20s, I guess. Poor like, old Elvis. Poor old, old Elvis. Elvis. Let's see, he would have been, yeah, he wouldn't have even been 30 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, in 1963? Yeah, he was 28. 28, okay. So, anyway, he called out Elvis, and then, uh, you know, I thought it would be a vintage scandal worth it to revisit the time that Mariah Carey saved the Grammy Awards. Please tell us more.
Holly, do you know why the Grammys owe Mariah a huge debt of thanks? Please just tell us. Okay, Please so the tell reason... Us. Don't make us put us on the spot. The Grammys experienced a debacle in 1990 that the Oscars 2017 movie screw-up. Okay. Was, it was akin to that. Yeah, but it so happened the wrong, way long they ago. they announced the wrong winner. Uh, no, it was um, Best New Artist, Millie Vanilli, was revealed oh, sure. to have not sung a single note in their Smash debut album, Girl, You Know It's True. I still have the CD. Yeah. And I'm in, saving it. In terms of all-time award show embarrassments, that gets it at the yep. Grammys in they 1990. They the whole song. Yep. And then the Oscars screw sure. up with Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty mm-hmm. in 2017. So, so as the Grammys were looking ahead to their 1991 show... They knew that their best new artist category had to have obvious vocal talent and there could be no doubt that they would have, you know, real deal. And of course, we now know how sort of there's some shenanigans on how nominating happens with the Grammys. So and but also because the Grammys best new artist thing, I mean, it's always been kind of the kiss of death. It's been both. Starlin Vocal Band was 1976. Debbie Boone was 77. They never returned to the Billboard Top 100 after Afternoon Delight and, you know, You Light Up My Life. And then A Taste of Honey. My baby gonna hold it tight, gonna have enough. A Taste of Honey was a two-hit wonder. What were theirs? Um, Boogie Oogie Oogie and Sukiyaki. Boogie Oogie Nights. (laughs) Yeah. Did you like that Don't, one? No, stop singing, please. You're wrecking everything. <laughs> I'm really not. I'm, I'm entertaining me. I think it was Get Down Boogie Oogie Oogie. That song, yeah. yeah and then even so Men at Work, the 1982 <laughs> oh, winners, were from, seen as a credible pop rock group, but had a surprisingly tiny... They didn't have anything after that. We're the man from down under. Right. So they'd been having a series. And so the Grammys wanted a strong winner. They wanted a winner. Because they wanted to get rid of the kiss of death, as former Starlin vocal member uh, Taffy Danoff said <laughs> in, uh, you know, it's a kiss I of death. I want that name to come back. Taffy. Isn't I love it. And even like for a little butterscotch dog, Taffy. Taffy is That's so a cute, cute name. So the Grammys were fortunate to Mariah, that Mariah Carey came along in 1991 because A, she could sing. She co-wrote every song on her Smash debut album, yep. produced one of the tracks, served as an arranger, and she was nominated in each of the big four categories. However, at the age of 20, she became the youngest artist and held that until Billie Eilish just this year to sweep the nominations. So even, I didn't, yeah, she did. She that got it. First CD was everything. everything. So she won best new artist. She won best Pope, Pope pop, pop vocal performance uh, for vision of love. She beat out Whitney, Bette Midler, Sinead O'Connor, Lisa Stans, Lisa Stans. Stans oh, remember that song? Yes. And she performed at the Grammy telecast and in a 2017 feature billboard uh, ranked her the hundred greatest award show performances of all time. Mariah got number 10 for that mm. performance at the Grammys and that she was just so amazing. And that here she is 30 years later, she's got 19 number one hits on the hot 100 more than any other solo artist in history. She bypassed Elvis, you know, Beatles, and she became the first artist in the history to appear in the hot 100 at number one in four different decades, even though shares had a number one in six. Right. She didn't bit. do. Oh, sorry. Oh, do you have a little yeah, yeah. So this is a vision of love from the Grammys oh. in 1991. Mm-hmm.
Anyway, Mariah, we salute you and thank you for saving the Grammys. And uh... I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. You know, even though there's a few people that say it's a kiss of death, post Mariah Carey, I mean, Christina Aguilera, Alicia Keys, John Legend, Carrie Underwood, Adele, Sam Smith, they've all won Best New Artist, so... There was a song on that CD, um, You're, You're Vanishing. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if anyone remembers that song. We'd have to hear it, and then we would, but we got to oh, go. Oh, I love it. Did you that. like the musical vintage scandal? I really just did, and I like how quick and nimble your fingers are, Holly. Oh, I know. <laughs> YouTube. I mean, serious. That was quick. That I'm was impressed. Nice. All right, we'll be right back. I loved this CD. How many times? Remember how young she looked on the cover in her black tank well, top? she's 20. Jeez, June 12th, 1990. Mm-hmm. She's 20 years old. Mm. And every song was a hit. Yeah. She's good. All right, what a okay. god, Sister Sledge. So Richard Kay from the Daily Mail has put out a story, you know, and he's part of the Royal Rhoda. And uh, he's put out a story about, you know, why the Cambridge and Buckingham Palace or Kensington Palace is so upset about this July, August issue cover well, story. Because it's not even, we're not even out of May. I know. So the Tatler story, Catherine the Great, about Catherine Williams' wife. And they were trying to, you know, they've been trying to get ahead of a story and try. I don't know what they were thinking by giving the okay to a bunch of friends and different people to speak on record to the Tatler about how great they are. I guess they are so used to the quid pro quo that sort of goes on. Yeah. But Richard Kay, who he basically is thought to have have here directly from Williams, like maybe as Butler or who I don't know who calls calls uh, Richard Kay. And because Kensington Palace took the unusual step and they only deny when something is true, they took the unusual step of saying, um, and I quote this story, meaning the story in Tatler which is a high-end, fancy, like a town and country. Yes, 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 yes. This story contains a swath of inaccuracies and false misrepresentations, which were not put to Kensington Palace prior to publication. So this story has struck... It it has struck a raw nerve, and it has backfired, and they are in full-blown damage control. And here's what Richard Kay says, what really ignited the backlash from Kensington Palace and William and Kate. Okay. They do not like how snobby Kate's mother has come off in it. They do not like the frankly impertinent questions that are raised about the Duchess's apparent thinness, her family background, and it even... Why would we care at this point? Well, she is thin. She has a family background that is different than. Well, they need to. They want to do this strong denunciation so that some of the allegations will get lost. That's right. And the palace just says they they can't believe. So what? It's not really the tights gate so much is what has been 
Is it the William and his lover gate? Well, so I guess there was an incident that was shared by a friend with Tatler at the wedding rehearsal. It was a very hot day. Whose wedding rehearsal? Megan and Harry's. Okay. It was a very hot day, and there was a row over whether or not the bridesmaids should wear tights or not. And Kate, following protocol, felt that they should wear. Megan thought it's too hot to make little girls wear tights. Okay. And we're going to have a hot day tomorrow. And photographs show that the little girls... Dress did fly out. No, they oh. just had bare legs. Oh, they had bare legs and little anklets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the bride got what she wanted there anyway. But that is not what's happening. Because, let's face it, petty disputes are a hallmark of a wedding. One hundred percent, and a lot of times it's on videotape, and you don't want to see yourself. Yes, Yay. totally. Yeah. So, um, anyway, but uh, Harry, friends recall that the bigger thing that is happening is that what has upset them is that they Tatler made it sound that Kate resents the increase in duties that ever come her way. Well, that right. is the thing that have them the most upset and uh they they don't like that they're basically ascertained in this article that kate the duchess of cambridge is work shy and um um and that she sounded like she was complaining about it right that she's working as hard as a top ceo and then another friend quoted kate is furious about the larger workload of course she's smiling and dressing appropriately, but she doesn't want this. She feels exhausted and trapped, blah, blah, blah. And then also... Why would they ever approve them talking free I don't know. And to then their friends? The, the profile was written by this woman, Anna Pasternak, who I read her book about the yes, Dutch Wallace yes, yes, of yes, Simpson, yes. and she's uh, Boris Pasternak's great-granddaughter, you know, the guy who wrote Anna Karenina. She made her name in 1994 with Princess in Love, a... Uh, romanticized account of Princess Diana's affair with James Hewitt. Yes. She was, they knew all this and mm-hmm. they still, so, um, and then they didn't like, uh, I guess uh, Kate is upset that her mother, Carol Middleton's is described as having hyacinth bucket aspirations of grandeur. Oh dear. And that a quote, craftsman who'd worked on Amher Hall said, Mrs. Middleton was the most difficult client he'd ever worked with in all of his years. Oh, dear. <clears throat> and, oh, dear. Uh, yeah. She's trying to protect her mom. And, well, yeah. I don't know. And even uh, Kate's sister, Pippa, doesn't escape the sniggering observations. Mm. She speaks like the queen. Ooh. And the underlying message is that the Middletons are Snobs. not quite. They're aspirational. They They're middle class. Yes. We've always Clue. known that. Yeah. And how wounded did Kate find this? Apparently very wounding because, uh, boom, the palace fired right You think back. she'd be over this, though? Well, Tatler is read by all of their friends. Yeah. And they brought up the turnip tops, Rose of Hanbury, who Which, was the, the mistress. alleged mistress. Oh, Julia, they were doing it. <laughs> they were doing it. <laughs> Doing it, doing it, doing it. Anyway, it just thank you, Tatler, for giving us a beautiful gossip gift. Everybody for have, who like it. Have a great day. We'll be back tomorrow. Job done. Off you go. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar. 
or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.